I mentioned that Joe Biden is a man of no seasons. You've heard me say that before. If you remember the movie A Man for All Seasons, that's the uh, play on it. And the reason I say that is he doesn't have any core beliefs at all. Nothing. He believes in nothing. And I'm going to prove it. In 2006, uh, Biden, let's see, that was uh, 16 years ago. So Biden was going on 75 years old. Here's what he said. Go. I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. And they ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus as to do that. That was 65. You can see how, uh, what a math wizard I am. 65 years old. Uh, he's saying that. All right. So, uh, you know, we should limit the number of abortion. That's Joe Biden, 2006. Now, abortion anytime for any reason. I'm the abortion president, Joe Biden. That's me. So how do you get at age 65, limit abortions to go ahead, you know, 15 minutes before birthing, you can do it. How do you get there? And now Biden, not many people know this, but I'm going to tell you because I know it. The reason that Biden has been fairly low key on the Roe v. Wade decision and let Kamala Harris take the lead, which she will up to Election Day, she will be the abortion czarina. Harris will be. The reason Biden isn't out front is he fears that he's going to get what Nancy Pelosi got banished from receiving communion in the Catholic Church. Remember, the Speaker of the House is banished from receiving communion in her district in San Francisco and in Northern Virginia. Okay? Biden does not want that. And he's friends with Wilton Gregory, the Bishop of D.C., so he, he's got a little protection there. Why doesn't Biden want the Pelosi treatment? Hispanic Americans. Very Catholic. Biden gets banished. That's going to hurt him. And he can say it doesn't, but it does. So that's why he's not taking the point on this. And uh, he's in Spain. All right, 30 U.S. companies uh, step up to uh, help uh, abortions uh, take place. They are Microsoft, Apple, Meta, Patagonia, Yelp, Disney, Uber, Lyft, Netflix, Bumble, Comcast, NBC, Warner Brothers Discovery, that's CNN, Nike, Starbucks, Dick's Sporting Goods, Alaska Airlines, Goldman Sachs, Zillow, Chobani Yogurt, Accenture, Hewlett Packard, Kroger, J.P. Morgan, Condé Nast, Levi Strauss, Match.com, CVS, Bank of America, H&M, Google. All of those companies will pay for abortion travel if their employees are in a red state where abortion is restricted, those companies will pick up the tab for the person to travel to a blue state to have the abortion. You should know this. You should know what they're doing. Now, Patagonia is one of the most extreme, along with Dick's Sporting Goods. Isn't that interesting, Dick's Sporting Goods? Anyway, Patagonia is based in Ventura, California. It's an outdoor clothing retailer. You've heard about it. It's big on reproductive justice. Uh, and it's not only picking up the tab, but it's training people, training people to protest against the Supreme Court decision. This is Patagonia, training their own employees. And if you get arrested in a protest, which means you would have to, you know, violate a law, they'll bail you out, Patagonia. So I got to tell you, you know, 
Patagonia and me, no. <laughs> That's not going to happen. And I, I tell you, look, I'm not extremist. You saw the debate last night. All right, you know where I am. But I'm not, dude, this is ridiculous. So Patagonia, okay, fine. Not me. Not buying it. All right, let's bring in my old pal, Greta Van Susteren. Uh, she has a new program on Newsmax, The Record. She can't call it On The Record because that's what she did at Fox, and they still have it, so now it's just The Record. Um, and she is joining us from D.C. Congrats on being back in cable TV. I, I don't think I could do it, but you are a better person than I am, um, and I'm happy to talk to you. All right, so you're you know, a I'm actually, you know what? what? I'm actually the, the live thing was. I missed the live thing. That's why I wanted to come back. I yeah. miss being live. Well, yeah, I'm live. I did tape shows for the last four years. No, I know I probably, but I'm not Bill O'Reilly. I don't have all of the big followers and the loyalists that you have. You know, oh, I still got to you know, work nice from. I got to. I got to be scrappier. You know. No, look, I of course am a supporter of yours, and I wish you the best. And if we can ever help you out, you let us know. But, you know, getting back into the corporate arena for me be very, very hard because now I run my own corporations and, uh, you know, we don't have the craziness that, you know, can happen. Now, because- wait, wait, I, wait I totally agree with you on that, which is why Newsmax is, is a good choice for me because they've given me 100 percent independence. I'm my own managing editor. The show's got a great budget and I've got a great staff. I totally agree with you. The corporate stuff, I had that yeah, over at MSNBC like, and it didn't go well. It and didn't I know, go well for me. I know your boss, Chris Ruddy, went to the same high school that I attended and I know where he lives. So if he does I'll give you a hard time, just tell me. I'll go over his house and we'll take <laughs> I, care of it. I appreciate it. All right. So you're a lawyer. You're a feminist. Uh, you were not surprised, I'm sure, about the court's ruling on Roe v. Wade. You know the Constitution. But what is the essential point you want to get across to your audience about this? Well, I think that I, I really wish people would actually read the decision because it is, you know, everyone's sort of taking sides. And it's a huge disappointment to, you know, one half the population. Uh, but, you know, it, what it does, though, is in fact, I read a tweet by Senator Elizabeth Warren, which she says, you know, this should be a decision of the people. Well, actually, it sort of is because before nine justices were deciding it, now they have sent it back down to the state to the states where the legislature is elected by the people. So I wish people would turn down the temperature and, and look what the decision actually means, what the limitations are, what this, you know, what the what it has done or what it has not done. So my point is this is just don't take sides, you know, be informed. Okay. So you don't object to the decision, you know constitutionally that it was uh, a traditional as we know, there isn't I any right. Go ahead. I understand. I understand how the Supreme Court got to its decision. Okay. I also understand how the, the Supreme Court in 1973 got to its decision. If you were um, appointed, and, and if I'm elected president, I'll appoint you to the Supreme Court. Would you have voted to send Roe v. Wade back to the states? I would have gone a little deeper in to make a decision. Actually, you know, actually, probably what I would have done is probably what Alan Dershowitz suggests. I would have made the narrow decision really simply on Dodds versus Mississippi instead of taking sort of a, a right. broad. So you would have done what Robert. I would did. not have done what. Yeah, I would okay. not have done what uh, Justice Thomas did because he, if you know, he threw in contraception and um, uh, what else? No, I didn't, I didn't, see, the, I didn't the see the yeah. contraception. I saw the the gay marriage thing because it's gay obvious. Marriage. Yeah, I, I don't think there was any any contraception uh, in there. But gay marriage, Judge Thomas believes, is uh, the purview of the states, not the federal government. The federal government has no right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
But why did he have to throw that in? Nobody was talking uh, about it. See, that's know. sort of the Dershowitz thing. I mean, like, you know, you know, he, he went, and that was what Dershowitz says, you know, just decide the narrow issue before you on, and then rather than take sort of the broader, and although it makes a lot of people happy, but okay. it would have, uh, he went really, uh, he now went my, really broad. My uh, talking points memo today was about American fascism, which is driven by progressive left. And we gave Buku examples of it. Uh, again, when people think of fascism, they think of Hitler and Mussolini, that kind of stuff. But now it's on the left. Uh, and you saw it. You saw Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, you saw a number of people in show business basically saying, look, we don't respect the court. We don't want the court. We want to pack the court now because they don't agree with us. Now, that's fascism, especially when you start to burn down clinics. Um, do you have, generally speaking, a problem with the progressive left in America, Greta? I do. I mean, I, I you know, just for not, I fought for the First Amendment bill. And now, I, you know, the, the whole cancel culture really is sort of the, you know, in many ways, the opposite of, you know, the things I fought for as a lawyer with free speech. Now you say something and, you know, especially, I mean, look at what happens with comedians or politicians or people on TV. So, uh, yeah, I do. I do object because they oftentimes. They impose a death penalty if someone says something in a fashion that they don't believe is the correct way to say it. And the person has a fundamental right to say it. You have a fundamental right to say stupid stuff you know, or whatever you well, want. Well, stupid now, stuff so, is, yes. is, you know, look, firebombs or what I'm worried about. If you want stupid stuff, you go to Samuel L. Jackson and the Hollywood crew, which are calling Clarence Thomas, Uncle Clarence. That's just vicious stuff. But they've done yeah. it. They, they do it all day long. Do you, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, doesn't seem to be too concerned with any of this. He's hunting down white supremacists. Um, do you know any white supremacists, Greta? I don't know any. I know lots of people. Do you know any white supremacists? I actually don't, but I have okay. a very, very, very do, do you think, life. I go to work, you, I go home to my husband. All right. Do you think that they're a threat to the Van Susteren household or any? I, I don't understand I, what the threat is. Well, I, I think I think any I, I, I mean, I hate to be put in a position of defending or going after anybody. But the thing is, that if white supremacists are armed and are out doing bad things, yes, I think that's a threat. OK, if but have you seen any bad thing? Look, there are idiot neo-Nazis all over the place. The Aryan Brotherhood. Yes. The Klan still exists, of course. But have Horrible. they bombed any any abortion clinics lately? Have they done anything like that? Uh, they have, well, they, they actually sort of, I mean, that position sort of won the uh, Roe versus Wade last Friday. So I would not expect that. I mean, if you're looking at it. No, but, they, uh, but I so don't know far, where they, I, I don't know why the power of the Justice Department is centered think, in this precinct I, I think, and ignores the other much more visible threat. Go ahead. I, I think. I think that what has happened, unfortunately, is that people have get, have taken great liberty with labels, and in doing so, they diminish they diminish the impact of them by calling every you know white person you don't like a white supremacist has diminished the seriousness of you know of of the concept of white supremacy. I, I think we've all gotten a little bit out of hand in, in how we how we treat each yeah. other and how I, we I just want fling I, names. So I just want the laws to be applied equally here. I mean, across the board, if the white yeah. supremacists bomb somebody, I want them in jail forever. Same thing on the left. Okay, the show is The Record. Greta Van Susteren but back you know, you in love it. You action. love this, Bill. I say things like, uh, coming up on The Record, and yeah. what I mean is on The Record. But instead, it sounds like I'm saying the old Fox name, so I, so I sort of stumble on it every night. I hope I'm you don't get sued, Greta.
Uh, you know what? I you, sh <laughs> you should use some That's clips. That's great publicity. You should use some clips of this interview on your program. You should, <laughs> because it was a good interview. And we're happy to have you that back in action. Interview. And uh, I hope we can talk again soon, Greta. Thanks for helping us out. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Bill. See okay. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. So here's some good news. We need some good news, right? I mean, we really do. So Killing the Killers, uh, the 11th book in the Killing series, is approaching 250,000 in sales, quarter of a million in sales, after less than two weeks, uh, two months, I should say, less than two months in the marketplace. So really on fire, Killing the Killers. And, and it's a good book. And I hope you read it. Now, the reason that so, this is resonating with so many Americans is that we get very personal in this book. We talk about Americans who were kidnapped and murdered by ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Boko Haram. But, and uh, one of the people we zero in on is a journalist named James Foley. So he worked um, for a operation, uh, Global Post, which is now the Daily Chatter, that is our foreign policy partner, the Daily Chatter. And he was kidnapped in 2012 uh, in northwestern Syria by ISIS. Okay? Uh, he and a British journalist named John Cantley. Mr. Foley was beheaded on camera, you all remember that, by ISIS. It was one of the most gruesome, evil things that anybody's ever seen. And we take you through it in Killing the Killers, uh, along with uh, Kate Muller from Phoenix, another American who was captured and murdered by al-Baghdadi. And, and so we write about this in very vivid terms so you know the evil that America is fighting to this day. So I sent the book uh, to James Foley's mother, who lives in New Hampshire. And I did that to the Mullers, too. I mean, we did it out of respect, of course. Uh, and we wanted to give them a, a, a heads up on, on what we're doing. That's what I do. All right? I don't want to ambush anybody. Anybody gets surprised. And then uh, I asked Ms. Foley if she wanted to come on. No spin news. And she joins us now uh, from New Hampshire. Um, she has established jamesfoleyfoundation.org, and we'll talk about that in a moment. So eight years later, after the fact, it seems like just yesterday um, that your son was so brutally treated and executed. Eight years after, how do you process this whole thing? Did you, is there another point of view that you have now that you didn't have back then? 
Well, I, to be honest, was quite naive and really unaware of how deep a hatred there is in many parts of the world for our country. And Jim and the other Americans in the 2014 timeframe were targeted really and held as political prisoners um, because of the hatred towards us as Americans. No doubt about it. Most people don't know uh, that your son was a hero. He actually escaped ISIS captivity, but went back voluntarily because he knew that they might kill his fellow cellmates once they discovered that he had escaped. And we write about that, of course, in Killing the Killers. Um, so, you know, when a parent loses a child, that's the worst thing that can happen to a parent. Um, do you have any thoughts about how this whole situation could have been handled differently by the American government? I do. I do. I really feel as an American that we can do much better, that we should prioritize the return of any innocent American that is taken hostage or wrongfully detained. But um, to be fair... To be fair, I mean, I don't think President Obama was not prioritizing this. He just didn't know what to do. And because America has a law, we don't pay terrorists ransom. Um, what specifically would you like to see that law changed or what would you like to see? Well, I think as a nation, we need to negotiate with captors. We need to be willing to engage with bad guys, if you will, if we care about the lives of our citizens. I mean, we have to be willing to engage. Um, the Obama administration was not willing to engage. Um, so right there, our citizens and the British were um, abandoned, essentially. Now, he didn't talked to the Mueller family until the very end. Did, did uh, Barack Obama ever talk to you? Not until after Jim was killed. So after uh, your son was executed by ISIS, what happened? Tell us that. Well, a few days later, we heard from the president. And again, he reiterated that Jim was his highest priority. I argue with that. If it was a high priority, our nation could bring them home. And I know it's difficult, I'm not saying it isn't easy, but we have to be willing to have the courage to engage with our foes, if you will, and to be shrewd enough to find ways to protect our citizens. Now, the and theory goes, if you do pay ISIS or any other terror group, and they were demanding millions of dollars for Jim's release, as you know, and you could have raised the money, and you certainly could have raised it, um, that if they get the money then they're going to kidnap more Americans. That's the theory. Well, we were um, threatened by our government that if we dared to raise a ransom, we would be prosecuted. We are also threatened by the fact that we no rec um, rescue mission will be done. No country would be asked to help bring them home. So in a sense, um, our um, son and the others were not at all prioritized. Now, who uh, told you that? Who, who gave you that terrible news that you were not to engage in this kind of a negotiation? If you do, you'll get in trouble yourself. Who, who exactly told you that? Colonel Mark Mitchell from the National Security Council. Interesting. And he told that, he told that to all 
the four families right. when we were together. Now, I don't know whether you know, but because of your efforts and your family's efforts, the federal government has changed a little bit. So you now can go through a third country like Denmark, which has successfully uh, gotten hostages out of ISIS by paying money. But you can go through that government to do it. The FBI will not bother you. That is a change that happened under the Trump administration. Were you aware of that? You know, I was not. I'd like to hear more about that. Yep. No, I was not aware of that, sir. So, but I, I do credit um, President Trump for continuing the hostage enterprise, which was created in 2014. Well, what he did is he, he waxed al-Baghdadi, and that message got out fast, and then the Trump administration basically broke the back of ISIS. Uh, you read Killing the Killers? Uh, it must have been very difficult to read that. I'm, you know. But it's an important book because people need to realize that that hatred continues and that Americans continue to be targeted when they travel internationally in the Absol world. Absolutely. I tell my, believe me, there are a lot of countries I won't let my urchins go. And Mexico's one of them. Uh, Ms. Foley, thank you very much. We wish you all the best. If we can ever be of service to you and your family, uh, I just want to reiterate what a hero your son was. Uh, once he escaped ISIS, he went back. So his, uh, the people who were captured with him would not be executed, which he thought might happen. And that, that was an extraordinary thing for a human being to do. Thank you for coming on today. Time, sir. Thank you. Okay, one of my least favorite companies in the world, Disney, just uh, re-up Bob Chapik, who's pretty much ruined uh, the entire company. He's got a four-year contract. Chapik is 40, 63 years old. Uh, Disney stock down 50% a year. I mean, I, I'm not doing business with them. You make the call. Um, but, you know, that's the view. That's really, you know, what they did in Florida. You know what they're doing with the abortion. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's woke, and that's who they are, and that's what they are. All right, Gallup uh, has a uh, annual global update uh, on an unhappy world, and we do indeed live in one. Last year, 42% of worldwide adults uh, experienced a lot of worry. Uh, 31% are in a lot of physical pain, and 28% uh, experience sadness on a uh, routine level. You know, and it, this uh, survey, it was uh, most stressed out world ever. And now it's gonna be worse in 22 because the economy has collapsed. When I saw CBS Evening News' Nora O'Donnell, right after the Roe v. Wade decision, interview Kelly Robinson, the uh, president of Planned Parenthood, when I saw that, I went, okay, so now uh, Nora is going to interview a pro-life person. No. Well, maybe she'll quote from a pro-life person. No. So Bernie Goldberg's face immediately appeared in my mind, which is not a pleasant thought. Um, and he, it, he, his face appeared there because he wrote a book. Bias, a CBS insider, exposes how the media distort the news. All right? Remember that book? Big bestseller? So I, I swear to God, this is exactly what happened. When I'm looking at Nora O'Donnell, CBS News anchor, and she's not bringing on any pro-life at all, and I have no beef with interviewing the Planned Parenthood woman. None. They should have. But of course, then you followed up with an interview with the pro-life people, if you are a responsible news organization. So I gave Bernie a call. Uh, not easy. He, he's usually in the woods uh, tracking, 
tracking things. Uh, he's in North Carolina. We did get him, we, uh, and he joins us now. He is a purveyor of BernardGoldberg.com. When he's not wearing a coonskin cat, he, uh, he's running that website, BernardGoldberg.com. All right, Goldberg. <laughs> okay, so when you were a correspondent, uh, remind the audience how long you worked for CBS uh, News? Okay, and I crossed paths with you for about six months before they booted me out of there. Um, 28 years. So would you have been shocked at a uh, rundown, an evening news rundown? And, and Bernie Goldberg appeared on, it had to be a thousand times, right, on the evening news. You're on one of Rather's favorite guys. You're always on. Uh, would you have been surprised if Rather had brought on a... a abortion component person, but no pro-life person? This is what I complained about. This is what I complained about privately for over a decade. And then when I couldn't take it anymore because they weren't listening, I wrote a book. The book was biased that you put up. But here's, here's what you need to know, Bill. Whether the issue is abortion or guns or any hot social issue, the most important thing is not what the court said about it. The most important thing is not the facts of the case. The most important thing is who is delivering the news to you. And since most newsrooms are populated by liberals, since they're almost certainly mostly pro-choice, you're going to get that kind of slant on the coverage. But this is more than a slant. A, this a, is basically this is basically a, a black a, out of the other point of view. Right, but here's the important part. I'll do this very briefly. It's hard to believe, but they don't see their position as controversial. They see your position as controversial. They see a pro-life position as controversial, but they don't see their position as controversial because their friends in the newsroom feel the way they do. Their friends out of the newsroom in places like Manhattan feel the way they do. They believe their view. You ready for this? is reasonable. So if their view is reasonable, the other view is unreasonable. But we're not talking about but, philosophy. We're talking about covering the news. And when you cover a news story, the mandate is you are to present both sides of the story. That's journalism 101. Yeah, but those days, of course, it's journalism 101. And it's how we grew up in journalism. There's a new concept, especially among younger producers and reporters. I've, I've even spoken to one at one of the places I worked fairly recently, and this is what he said. The idea that both sides of a controversial issue should get equal treatment is an outdated idea. He said, what do you mean? Well, some ideas are more legitimate than other ideas. Now, if you're a liberal in the news business, which most mainstream journalists are, what ideas do you suppose are going to be legitimate? Pro-choice and abortion is legitimate. Now, if some, if I went out and interviewed somebody who said the earth is round, I'm under no obligation to go out and interview somebody who says the earth is flat. But that's not what we're talking about. No, that's about. not what we're talking about. Now, Nora O'Donnell is the anchor. All right. Now, I submit to you that Dan Rather would have put on both sides of that story. He would have slanted it toward the pro-choice. He was uh, a doctrinaire liberal, Mr. Rather was, is, he's still a lot. But he would have because he would have been embarrassed not to, to just to 
black out the other side. And the other thing is, what about the audience? 50% of Americans are pro-life. So CBS just gives them the finger? Doesn't care about that audience? I think you're right about Dan Rather. And I think the fact that you're right indicates how much things have changed in a relatively short period of time. That's the real story here. When we were at CBS News or when you were doing stories for Peter Jennings at ABC, they would have said, come on, you got, you, you, this is too obvious. This is, as you say, journalism 101. But times have changed. So and they don't even care anymore. No journalism rules. Don't even bother. We're going to be an advocacy broadcast, and our advocacy is on the left. That's no, I, it. Don't know, I don't know if Nora O'Donnell one day earlier or one day later interviewed a pro-choice person. It doesn't a, matter. A pro-life person. I don't, I don't know. It wouldn't matter. But because it, it, the, the story was there and it was screaming out for both points of view to be challenged, by the way. I mean, she should have challenged both points of view, as I a, did with, I don't know whether you saw Governor Nome from South Dakota on this broadcast a couple of days ago, but I challenged the governor. Uh, I wasn't a cupcake. I don't do cupcakes, as you know. Um, but what I, I just want everybody to know that news reporting in America, objective, trying to get the truth, fair and balanced is dead with a capital I a, D. I have a solution. You want to hear it? Go ahead. I came up with this idea a while ago as a sort of a joke, but I, I'm not joking anymore. We need an affirmative action program for the smallest minority in America's newsrooms, conservative journalists. And that affirmative action program would involve going out and finding conservative journalists and telling them, keep your opinions to yourself. Check your opinions at the front door, just as we want liberal journalists to check their opinions at the door. But what we want from you is a different perspective so that somebody if this were if my idea were put into practice somebody in that newsroom in washington would say to the producer Nora o'donnell's producer and say well wait time out something's not right here don't we need another point of view i'll bet you i'll bet you nobody even brought that up no they don't care anymore uh, I got one more question for you, and it's BernardGoldberg.com over the weekend. Check out those, those little statuettes in behind you. Did they ever fall on your head? Say, was there ever a, like a windstorm? Yes, yes, actually, there was. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about that. They <laughs> fell on my head just before we went on, and I thought I heard you say, I know this is crazy, that <laughs> Biden and the others were doing the Macarena in Bavaria. Yeah, they were. No, in Spain. So I know they didn't, in I know Spain. They didn't that because if you said that, you'd be a lunatic yourself. No, so, no in Bavaria, all they would do, they'd just get the big steins uh, and you do the Macarena in Spain. Bernie Goldberg, everybody, happy fourth. Thanks for helping us out as always. So I got a letter from uh, an airline pilot. I won't put it up and uh, read it to you. Uh, quote, hey, Bill, thanks for calling out the airline debacle. They offer the level of service viewed as tolerable. That's level of service, level of service viewed as tolerable in order to maximize profit. I am a 30-year airline pilot and know things are getting out of hand. Sorry for your bad experience, but I've seen worse. That's from Ryan 
in Virginia. Now, I've talked to a lot of airline personnel, and uh, they pull me aside. Now, there's some who don't like me. I understand that. Um, but they go, yeah, you're right. And I was first, okay, in April. And I, I'm the Paul Revere of terrible airline service. Pete Buttigieg is in charge. He could do something. He chooses not to. Uh, here's his latest tweet from uh, yesterday. Quote, as air travel is skyrocketing, airlines are struggling to keep up the demand and flights are getting delayed and canceled as a result. If an airline cancels a flight, they must refund the traveler promptly. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, thanks a lot. I think everyone on the planet knows that. Okay, but thanks for just uh, retweeting that or whatever you did. So Buttigieg uh, is a affirmative action hire. He's not qualified to be Secretary of Transportation. He has no blank and clue how to solve supply line problems uh, or the airline debacle. He's there because of affirmative action. I'm not going to say any more, but that's why he's there. And you see the incompetence throughout the Biden administration where they didn't hire on merit. It's what you looked like, what gender you were, what your lifestyle was. That's why you got hired. Okay, so Associated Press did a survey of 47 states, 43 states, uh, and it says that a million voters have switched from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party and about 600,000 vice versa, with a net of more Republicans at 400,000 in this country. A lot of political turbulence. Biden administration has approved uh, a plan to give the state of Colorado a lot of money, $1.6 billion to Colorado to fund subsidized health care to illegal immigrants. So Denver asked the federal government, hey, we got a lot of migrants here and we can't afford to give them free health care. So you got to help us. And Biden said, OK, another $1.6 billion, there you go. Well, what about the other 49 states, Joe? You're going to do that, too? Is it going to be like uh, $75 billion here to pay the health care of migrants? You know, a lot of Americans that need health care help, right? Try to get reimbursed from an insurance company. Think the government might want to look into that? How many of you at health or, or uh, dental or uh, visual or prescription drugs and the insurance company tries to hose you? How often does that happen? Every second? Now you got to get those uh, health care for the foreign nationals here illegally. You got to have that. 50 migrants found dead in San Antonio. It's unbelievable. 18 wheeler. Okay, they couldn't breathe. Uh, temperature more than 100 degrees. 22 Mexicans, seven Guatemalans, two Hondurans among the dead. 16 people survived that. And the only reason they survived is because some alert authorities heard some screams inside this thing. And this is, I told you that, you know, the open border hurts the migrants. You know, if you're lucky enough to get here, yeah, you can prosper to some extent. But getting here, my God, going through those Mexican cartels. So Texas Governor Abbott said, quote, uh, these deaths are on Biden. They're a result of his deadly open border policies. They show the deadly consequences of his refusal to enforce the law. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. 
But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Okay, 4th of July, Paul Gallup, 1,015 adults, about whether you're proud to be an American. Record low. How proud are you to be an American? Extremely 38. That is a record low. Okay, in 2021, last year, 43%. It's dropped five. Very proud, 27. So the aggregate is 65% of Americans are extremely or very proud to be a citizen. Moderately, uh, 22 and hate the America, hate everything about USA 13. Now, the 13 are communists, socialists. I mean, that's what that crew is, about 13%. Those are the people who want the overthrow of the government. So that, that's logical. Um, I'm very proud to be an American. Uh, I am. Um, because I could never have succeeded to the way I have succeeded in life in any other country on the planet. An opportunity was there. I had to work hard for it. I had to pay for it. It was painful to get it, but I got it because America does provide opportunity, the land of opportunity. That is why I'm extremely proud to be an American because I've been to 84 countries. Nowhere, nowhere has the opportunity that we do for everyone. Bernie Sanders and I agree on something. Oh, don't believe I just said that. Bernie Sanders, socialist, senator from Vermont, and O'Reilly agree the airlines have to be punished. Okay? Here is Bernie's tweet. Quote, the American people are sick of airlines ripping them off, canceling flights at the last minute, delaying flights for hours on end. It's time for Secretary Pete, that would be Buttigieg, to fine airlines $55,000 per passenger for every flight cancellation they know they can't fully staff. Unquote Bernie Sanders tweet. Then he follows it up with a former letter. We've got a copy of that letter. Throw it on up there. Okay, the three points in the letter are, according to Sanders, the airlines have to promptly refund passengers for flights that have been delayed over an hour. So if you're delayed an hour, you get a full refund. Impose fines on the airline, federal government does it, for flights that are delayed more than two hours. Fines on the airline scheduling flights, they are unable to properly staff $55,000 a passenger. Whoa. 
Bernie, right on, man. Now, I know Bernie saw me on April 1st when I came in the JetBlue that everybody in the world saw on the Internet. I took heat. Now what? Now, huh? Five-hour delay. According to Bernie, that would have bankrupted JetBlue. That would have paid like $80 million for that. And the plane was on the ground in JFK. They didn't have a pilot. And they knew it. And they lied about it. Anyway, Pete Judah Judge, we called him. We called Pete. Um, we didn't get anything from him, but he went on NBC News. And here's what he said. Roll it. A lot of people, including me, uh, are expecting to get to, to loved ones over this holiday weekend. And we need a system that is resilient enough to get them there, plus good customer service when it, an issue does come up. What does that mean? That's like, hey, don't worry about inflation. Roe v. Wade's the problem. It's the same thing. Well, we need resilient airline. You are, look, this is what happens when you hire and person can't possibly do the job. Oh my God! Or, or, but I uh, do something. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies. Hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here is the final thought of the day. So I get a lot of mail about shows that we've done in the past and people didn't see them or they misheard. If you are BillOReilly.com Premier Concierge member, you can get the shows from day one. Okay, so you go to the internet, uh, you go to the BillOReilly.com and uh a week's worth of clips and interviews are on the left side. Click them on. So one week, they're there. Then after that, you have a little magnifying glass on the right side of the right. You click that on, and then you just type in something like John Stossel interview. Or uh, if you're on your phone, it's the same thing. You click the menu bar, Bernie Goldberg interview, or 2,000 Mules, or whatever it is. And it'll pop up for you. We keep a vast archive. All uh, concierge and premium members on BillOReilly.com are entitled to transcripts every night. You get them free. So you want to see what we're doing, what we're saying. You want to have a little discussion with your friends, get those transcripts. So look, this website enhances your life. I can't say it enough. You're watching, you're wasting your time on network and cable news. They're not going to tell you much. Not going to learn much. Here you will every single day. And I thank everybody for watching and listening on our 100 radio stations across the country, taking the no-spin news. We will see you tomorrow.